Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, Honor Nation? Welcome to episode 90 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Now, my guests today were the creative forces behind the Ring of Honor women's division in 2021. She is the first lady of professional wrestling, Maria Canellis Bennett. He is the best ring announcer in the business, or at least that's how he told me to introduce him, Bobby Cruz. Maria and Bobby, welcome back to the show. Hi. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> and I did not give you that intro. I'm not even a ring announcer in the business as we do this, so I can't even say that right now. Okay. All right. Well... Uh, Maria, I have to say to you, first of all, not only are you the first lady of professional wrestling, as I said, and the first lady of Ring of Honor, but you were the first three-time guest on the ROH Strong Podcast. Now, if that's not one for the top of your resume, I don't know what is. I've been on three times? Yes, you were on with Mike, and then you were on solo uh, right after we, uh, you know, we announced the women's tournament. And uh, here you are now with Bobby. So, oh, yes. Wow. Gosh, this year has flown by. Yes. Maria has hit for the Maria has now hit for the ROH podcast triple crown. Yes, that's that's what I got. That's what I got going on. And Bobby, uh, this is your second appearance on the show. Um, I looked it up. Your first appearance was back in April. It was episode fifty-three, and I remember fifty-three because you spent much of the time on the show complaining that you weren't invited on the previous fifty-two episodes. So, of course, I we don't have to go back. Yeah, we don't have to go back to that. But of course, I mean, 53 episodes to get me on with all my years in Ring of Honor is pathetic. But that's how you operate sometimes, Kevin. All right. Well, I hope we've gotten past all that and, and you know, we can get along today because um, we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, we're going to talk about the women's division. But first, you know, we're a few weeks now removed from final battle, end of an era. And... I know that Ring of Honor has meant so much to the both of you. So I just wanted to ask each of you individually, what was your initial reaction when you were informed uh, that Ring of Honor was going to change its business model and the company as you knew it was going to be reimagined uh, in 2022? Ladies first, Maria. <laughs> um, my initial thought was, um, I was sad. Um, I, I had expected to be in Ring of Honor for a long time moving forward. I was hoping to, you know, just live out my days and wrestling in Ring of Honor. Um, so um, I was definitely sad. Um, and then I was also, you know, I, I had this uh, feeling of like shocked and also like not, I didn't believe it. Um, because Ring of Honor has been such a staple in this industry for so many years and has created so many stars. And then I also was concerned about the women that had entrusted us um, in this past year. And I wanted to make sure that all of them was, were going to be fine and have places to go. And I know Bobby felt the exact same way. So um, it, was, it was a weird feeling because... Um, you know, there's the personal side, there's the professional side, and then there's the team side of, you know, what we had created as a group. 
Sure. Bobby? I would say, um, it'll sound corny, but my heart broke. And my heart broke for a lot of reasons. But, and it broke in different pieces, but it kind of broke down the, down the middle in two pieces, two major pieces. One was being, you know, the ring announcer for Ring of Honor and seeing so many great moments and meeting so many great people, working with such great talent over 17 plus years that I was with Ring of Honor. Uh, and then the other half was, as Maria mentioned, the women's division and what we as a team, uh, everyone on the team built in 2021 with the women's division and making it a success. And to see that just kind of get, you know, the rug get ripped out from underneath it, that, that really was heartbreaking as well. Um, and it was, it's disappointing for a lot of reasons. I got some texts from some wrestlers, you know, saying, you've been around so long, you know, how, how are you doing with this news? And I was more concerned with them because this is their livelihood. You know, some of them have moved their families and relocated for a better life or better weather and so forth. And at least I have my day job that I've had for 20 years as a, as a sales rep for a beer wholesaler. So I was more concerned about those guys than I was particularly myself as far as that went. Um, and it was just, I, I've said, I did an interview recently too, where I said, I just, this should have happened. And, um, and what I meant by that was I've always felt in all my years in Ring of Honor that the action inside the ring, you know, the tagline, best wrestling on the planet, this is wrestling, all of that stuff is legitimately true. And that's never been a problem. You know, no matter how many times a roster has turned over, someone else steps in, takes a spot higher up on the card and so forth. Um, I always thought the in-ring action for Ring of Honor was always an A. But back in the day, I thought our production at times was maybe a C, a C minus. But to see the investment that the company has made and the, not only in equipment, but also behind the scenes uh, personnel, talent, people, um, just it blew me away to see what's happened over the past several years. And, you know, with our in arena production, our TV production, our video packages, all of that stuff is so, so solid. I think they're both an A now. So it's really disappointing in that way to see, you know, everything being on par, everything really firing on all cylinders as far as in-ring and uh, production-wise to, to just have to see it go away for now. Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, you know, bittersweet is a word that I keep hearing from people when I talk to them about uh, final battle, end of an era, about that night, that show. Uh, so I want to ask each of you again, what, what was that night like uh, for you? Maria, I'll ask you first because it must have been pretty cool for you to be able to put on your old kingdom gear and, uh, and come out to the ring with Mike and Matt one more time against the Briscoes, who obviously all three of you have um, so much history with. So, I mean, can you just talk about the emotions of that night, knowing that it's the end of an era show and, you know, it's, it's a period at the end of a sentence in some respects, but you got to go out and perform with your husband, with Matt and the Briscoes. I mean, what was, what was it like? <laughs> so many emotions. Um, so uh, for the women, like I just, I wanted them to have a good night. I wanted, you know, I, I got to go out um, during the first hour and uh, be on commentary and uh, with the greatest commentary team um, that Ring of Honor, I think, has had. And, um, you know, to sit out there with them and just enjoy that match. Um, so that was great. 
Um, and you know, the girls just, you know, they put it all on the line in that match. And that was, it was amazing to see. And then seeing Roxy's little face backstage and you could just tell that, you know, for someone who was 20, she had the weight of the world on her shoulders as well. She represents the women's division. She's our first women's world champion. And um, you could tell that she was feeling all of that and it being the final, final battle. And then Willow, just spunky as can be backstage, just so happy to be there, heart and soul. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm seeing all of these things and then also knowing that I'm going to have the end of my uh, of, of my first run with the kingdom in Ring of Honor and, you know, all of that history. So it, it was just, it was so much. It was so much to just take in all day. And then um, what's funny is I heard the, the original kingdom music and then it all came back to me. And, um, you know, I, I had put the performance aspect of it to the side, at least in, in that, you know, managerial performance. Um, and as soon as that music hit, it was like, Ooh, I really do enjoy this. <laughs> and it, it relit that spark in me of like, yeah, I still, I still got some time, uh, doing this, but, um, it was great being out there. Those guys are crazy. Um, it was the best tag match of the year. Um, anybody wants to argue it, fine, whatever. I don't believe you. Um, you know, a lot of people like to, you know, puff out their chest and say, Ooh, this is, you know, the greatest tag team, the greatest tag team, whatever. The Briscoes and OGK are the greatest tag teams in the world right now, not only because of their experience, because, but because of what they continue to put out there in the ring. Um, some people like to rest on their laurels and the Briscoe brothers never have, they could, but they never do. Um, OGK just keeps getting better and better. And that's the thing. I was out there. And even though I had been out there with both teams for so many times, so many different matches, they were totally different teams. They were more mature. Um, the way that both teams moved together in sync um, was amazing. Uh, the, um, the looks between the OGK and myself, um, you know, back and forth, making sure everybody is, you know, not going to get landed on by whatever is coming next. Um, you know, it was all there and, uh, I can't wait to see what Mike and Matt do because I, I really truly feel like what they did the first time was nothing compared to what they're going to do this time around. And um, the Briscoe, same thing. It's time that they collected their roses all across, across the world because um, they deserve it. Uh, and, you know, I think that this past year and not having fans and not being able to show, you know, what a crew we really have, like, um, I would say that to everybody else out there, um, be ready. Because all of these guys and girls, they're they're gonna come out there and they're gonna um, they're gonna hit the ground running. Well, for sure. And I'll I'll go you one better. You said uh, that match was tag team match of the year. I might go so far as to say match of the year. Period. Um, in any in any company this year, because like a lot of people, I had super high expectations going into yeah. that match. Mm -hmm. and you know, I would say not only did they live up to it, like they surpassed it. Like it was just a work of art, you know, a, a bloody work of art in some uh, respects with, with Jay there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just it, to go in there with such high expectations and it being such an emotional night and then to deliver uh, the way they did 
was, uh, I mean, it's just a testament, a testament to how great all four of those guys are. But I have to ask you, uh, Maria, there was the, there was another famous spot there where you got speared uh, by your husband, by Mike. Now, last time you guys were on the show, you talked about Mike being a little stiff at times when, uh, when he has to do something like that, super kick you, whatever. How was it? How was it this time? I mean, was, was Mike sleeping on the couch after this because he was a little too rough or how did it go? <laughs> um, if he didn't bring it, I would have made him sleep on the couch. Okay. Um, as a manager, your job is to make sure that whatever bump you take is the greatest bump or whatever, um, whatever you're involved with, you do not take away. You always add. And I always think to myself that, um, if I'm going to be out there, I'm out there for real, whatever happens, happens. And, um, I'm, you know, I like to be a true manager. I'm not, um, out there just to, you know, put in a chair and look pretty like that's, that's not who I am. I want to look pretty while I'm doing it. But, um, if I'm out there, I'm out there and I wanted it to mean something. And it was a big night for Mike and myself as well. I mean, this was the first time both of us had been, uh, working together since we had been released from WWE. So like, it was a big deal for us. It's funny. I, I watch people's, uh, the way they walk and their faces to see, you know, if they're ready, if they're into a match, if they're, you know, what they're going to bring to the table that night. And, um, you watch the beginning of the match when the three of us all came back together and the way that we moved into the ring. And it was like, we were all feeling the emotion of it, but there is a point in there, um, during the first like transition of Mike and Matt that they went into fight mode. Um, and they went into, no, this is our house mode. And, um, yeah, I, I believe they stole the show. Bobby, your your feelings that night, I want to get your feelings in general about the entire night, but one specific question I have for you was during the last match, the main event, Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal, um, was it tough for you? Were you cognizant of the fact as you're doing the ring introductions that this is probably the last time you're going to be doing this for a while? So I got lucky with that particular intro, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But just to um, lead up to that, I took the, – the week leading up to Final Battle, I took the entire week off from my day job because um, Ring of Honor had set up some interviews for me to do with some different media. But also, I, I just wanted to just kind of relax for the week, take a nap in the afternoon if I wanted to. I was feeling down or whatever. Um, I was worried – into final battle uh, and even that day and I was worried about a couple things first of all it was my daughters are both on break from college so it meant so much to have both of them there because they're not they were not able to make many things you know we had the, the COVID closed set TV tapings they're away at school so forth so but to have them there that night was was uh, meant so much I was worried and this kind of goes to your question I was worried about two particular intros and not getting emotional during them because I did not want like to get emotional. My voice cracked or I, you know, uh, you know, get teary eyed or anything like that and take away from the intro, take away from the match deal. Cause obviously that is not the role of a ring announcer. So the first one was the women's world title match for obvious reasons. And I'm, when we talk about the women's division, we'll, we'll hear about that emotion, but um, the, the world title match to your point, I was completely worried. And that's the exact way I looked at it. This is, probably the last match, at least in the foreseeable future, for Ring of Honor that I'm announcing. It's the main event of the pay-per-view. Uh, the way we do the intros for the 
um, world title matches, you know, especially the guys' world title match. Uh, Gator, our cameraman, comes up off the floor, gets in the ring. He's got the handheld. It's right in my grill as I'm announcing. Uh, and I definitely didn't want that crack moment. I, going back to what I said that I lucked out on that is we were getting a little tight on time uh, for the pay-per-view. Obviously had to be off the air before the top of the hour. And production, during Lethal's entrance, production got in my ear and said to just really go through the in-ring intros as quickly as I could. So that's happened in the past where I'll be told that. There's times where we're a little short on time and they will just tell me in my ear right before, uh, just cut out the in-ring intros and just do them the regular style as the guy is walking to the ring. So um, hearing that in my ear, that was where my focus was, was to get through it as quickly as possible. I threw a little monkey wrench in there for myself because I wanted to, which we never do, I wanted to um, acknowledge Todd Sinclair. And I thought it would give a little bit more of a big fight feel as well by doing that before I actually got to Lethal and Gresham's intros. So um, I buzzed through that, you know, five, ten seconds, whatever that was too. But just get, get that moment for Todd because, again, who knows what his future is uh, moving forward. So um, that, that rush job, I guess, that I was told in my ear I had to do completely – uh, blocked out and, and forgot about any possible emotion. My, my focus was just getting through it as quickly as possible so they can get going with the batch. Well, I'm glad you brought up uh, the, the moment with Todd Sinclair because I, I did, that did register to me. Um, and you're right. It gives it a big fight feel. I think when you announce the referee's name, but also I thought it was a really nice touch. Like you said, because, you know, I mean, this is Todd's last match for the foreseeable future. So, and he's been such uh He's been ingrained so much in the fabric of Ring of Honor and has been here for so long and done so many big matches. And for him to get that little acknowledgement there, I thought was, uh, was a really cool move on your part. Um, even though I know you have this love-hate relationship with Todd on the surface, I know it's more of a, of a love relationship. But you don't have to say that, but I know you guys are close. So I thought that was, that was also a, a cool moment. Um, he, didn't know it was, he didn't know it was coming either. Uh, and I, I'll be honest with you, even though I got it in my ear about getting to the intros quickly, I didn't decide to do that until literally when I started. Okay. Uh, it started in introing the match, and it just was like I see him in you know, the corner of my eye, uh, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to throw this in there. So it was literally just on the fly, but I'm, I'm glad I did it. It was a really cool moment. Yes. Really cool moment. Absolutely. I was, I was proud of you, Bobby, because, you know, usually you're kind of a jerk, but I thought that was a really nice moment. <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> no, Bobby. He, Alrighty. Bobby revels in that. You love that. Well, hey, when I had Bennett and Taven on here, they said the same thing about you. They said you're the biggest jerk, but they love you. So, well, that they're different though. When they say that, see, when so, people I like or care about say that, <laughs> then it's all good. When people oh, I can't like the, people that I don't, I couldn't care less about. Um, okay. You know, I'm not talking about present interviewer uh, or anything, but you know, it really doesn't bother me. Yeah, I think I fall. <laughs> I think I fall into that latter category, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, let me go back to, let's get off the final battle end of an era and go back to the uh, TV taping, the final set of TV tapings. Um, there was a photo that was out on social media. Uh, it was a group shot of all the women in the division and, um, and the two of you. And I just want to get a sense of, what you said to the women 
as a, as a group that day? I, I, I'm going to start just because I want to put Bobby over. So Bobby, the day, I think it was the day before, maybe two days before said to me, we should have a meeting with all the girls. And, um, you know, so we, we talked to all the girls, Bobby set up this meeting. It was the night before the TV tapings. We knew everybody was feeling it. Um, and you know, it changed the entire week having that meeting, telling them that they're going to be fine, that even though it sucks right now and everybody is like up in the air on what's going to happen, um, it's going to be okay. And we're all going to have each other's backs. And it set the tone for the entire week. And after that, and Bobby, I don't know if you knew this or not, but several of the guys came up to me and said that that, that, like you could just see the women's faces change and how, you know, they were ready for the week. They were excited. And, um, they, they wish that, you know, they had had that type of meeting as well. And I know it's different schedules are different things like that. It just worked out for us. But like, um, I, I just thought, you know, that was such like a smart thing to do. Yeah, that sums it up, Kevin. That's pretty much what it was. Just uh, wanted to get everyone together in one place. And we did it in the hotel lobby and just, you know, kind of took a little space in the hotel lobby and had everyone out there and, and, and talked for a half hour and, or so. And, um, I, you know, I, I, when you had Taven and Bennett on recently on the um, podcast, I heard Taven reference this meeting and say that, you know, the morale got picked up by the women the next day at TV. And he, he had thought a lot of that, even though he wasn't at this particular meeting, he thought a lot of that was because of that meeting. So uh, I'm glad it, I'm glad it did some good. Yeah, he, he did bring that up. And um, speaking of, of uh, when Mike and, and Matt were on the podcast, uh, Maria, one of the things that, that Mike said was, you know, this really was your dream job, um, yeah. being involved in the women's division. And that's why it was so... I think he used the word devastating. They're devastating to find. And I can understand it. I mean, you put your heart and soul into it and then suddenly, you know, no one's fault, but you know, the rug kind of gets, gets pulled out from under you. Um, you've done a lot of things in this business. You've, you've been a performer, you know, you, you've been a cover girl, you've done a lot of different things. You've wrestled. Uh, why, what was it about this job that made it your, your dream job? Um, so it's funny uh, you say about Mike bringing it up because it was not allowed to be brought up in my house because I, I have this rule about crying in front of the children and I don't, you know, so every time it would get brought up in the house, then I would turn into emotional mess. And so I just, while the kids were awake, we did not talk about it. Um, they're too small to understand. So um, it was my dream because it's what I fought for from the beginning. Um from the very moment that, you know, I was old enough to understand like gender norms, um, I fought against them. I just, I always did. I thought that it was ridiculous that, you know, my mom was expected to clean the house and, you know, that, you know, my dad could be the strong one. And that was just what was, um, what was expected. And um, I, I hated that. And so then I entered into this male dominated world. And it made me crazy that there was certain expectations because I was a female. Um, 
And so from the very beginning, I fought against them. I, I did my very best to, um, you know, change the way that things were run backstage. Um, I was not afraid of talking to the writers. I was not afraid of, you know, talking to Vince or talking to whoever I needed to. Um, my ditzy character was a nice, uh, was nice for me because if, ever I was in an uncomfortable situation, I could just giggle it off. And people were like, oh, well, she's ditzy anyway. She doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> so like I, I fought and I fought and like even, you know, um, and, I, and I don't want this to be negative at all because I, I talked about this a thousand times, but like even when, you know, contracts negotiations came up with WWE, it was always like, why am I paid this? And the dudes are paid that. Um, and so moving along to the first time I was in ring of honor, Hunter was the first person that ever was just like, just talk, say what you want. And I was like, what? <laughs> so like, that was a moment for me. And then the Briscoes were just like, yes, you can be strong and you can be, you know, no, we want you to, you know, hit us with the kendo stick or we want you to be involved in this way or that. And so that was the first ring of honor was the first place that let me really be who I wanted to be as a wrestler and as a, a character. Um, and so fast forward to this year, um, and now, not only have I been able to get into the position that I want, but now I can fight for other women too. I can, um, I can help them get opportunities and push them to their limits. Like, um, like I always thought that women could. Um, I always expected just as much from the women as we did from our Ring of Honor men. And as this division were to grow, that was going to be the norm, um, not the, you know, the, the, the random match here. No, it was going to be the norm that these women were going to have Ring of Honor style matches every single time they were out there. They were going to be able to keep up. It was going to, um, I mean, our numbers were fantastic. We were, you know, beating out a lot of the, the men's stuff on YouTube. Um, but it was going to be even more than that. The matches were going to beat out the men or stay on par with them. Um, and they were going to be able to choose their own adventure in this industry. And so for me, that's what made me sad is, um, it was the right role at the right moment with the right women, um, uh, because their talent was there. And this was a moment in time where we could, um, we could do what we want, wanted with the division and we, they could do what they wanted. So, um, yeah, it was, it was sad in that sense. Um, it was, yeah, it was devastating. <laughs> Bobby, I'm going to get to uh, your involvement um, in a second. I just, I want to ask Maria another question. Uh, you returned to Ring of Honor, it was towards the end of 2020, and you were brought back as sort of the spokesperson or the face of the experience, the ROH, the experience uh, initiative. Uh, which was, you know, stronger fan engagement. It was a, it's a Facebook group where the fans really got to weigh in on what they wanted to see as far as matches, performers, uh, stipulations for matches, whatever. It was, it was a chance for them to tell us what they want and us really listening and then trying to give them those things. 
was part of your deal to come back to Ring of Honor that you would be involved in the women's division? Was that a discussion? Because at the time when you came back, the women's division was on hiatus. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that there were any immediate plans or a timeline. Um, but was that the, it, it, and part of the discussion when you came back that you wanted this role? Yeah. So that was actually our first conversation was um, I wanted to help out in the women's division. Okay. Um, that was literally our first conversation. I had brought to them a pitch on how to bring the women's division back. And, um, you know, and Ring of Honor was they, they wanted to bring the women's division back they and they had talked about how there was a couple other people that were doing the same type of thing and trying to lead the charge and um bringing back a women's division so uh it was in our first conversation um the experience uh was a way to bring me in um that felt very organic um but i also like we all knew in the back of our minds that at some point um, we were going to start this women's division and, um, I'm glad for how things went because I do not like to come into a locker room and say, okay, now I'm in charge. Like that's, that's not who I am. That's not, you know, how, how I'd like to do things. I got to observe a bit at the first TV taping back. Um, I got to start, you know, meeting all these women and the way that it was brought back was just so smart, um, to where it was the matches on women's division Wednesday. And so we were able to see these women work and see if they fit in the tournament. Um, and you know, I, I just, yeah, it worked out so well. (laughs) Okay. Bobby, um, as far as your, uh, involvement in this, were you on board, were you brought in sort of right at the beginning when Maria came in? Um, or was it when we started getting closer to the Quest for Gold tournament? H- how did you get involved? So um, I actually forced my way in to being involved with the relaunch of a women's division. Uh, when Women of Honor, when, when the booking, I guess, of Women of Honor changed several years ago, I went to the office and said, I would like a shot at running the women's division. And I was told at that time that they were just going to put it in kind of this, the booking committee for, in general, not have a separate person or people for the women's division at that time. So that was the end of that. Um, it was really last summer, uh, 2020, I was talking to you know, different people and I, it, that had power in Ring of Honor. And I said, we have to get a women's division going. I said, every other company has a women's division. And not, don't, not only do they have a women's division, they are focus, you know, putting a focus on the women's division. If they have a two-hour broadcast, there's multiple women's matches on the two-hour broadcast. So I was pit, uh, really pushing and pushing it. And then we got into late fall, and, and around this time last year, um, I was talking, I was actually talking to Taven in the hotel lobby. And I said, yes, yeah, I'm trying to get you know, something going with the women's division. And he said to me, oh, I thought Maria was doing that. And I'm like, oh. So it's kind of the first time I heard of that. Um, and we kind of just, I don't remember exactly how it happened with Maria, but we just, you know, we, we had some talent that Jonathan Gresham had recommended for our first taping back, the January TV taping, uh, where we brought in four outside women and um, gave them a look. And I think that's when we really started working together on it. And it just kind of happened fluidly and organically from there where we just started working together on, on the women's division. And um, I did an interview recently where someone had asked me, why did you 
why did you want to stay like anonymous? Why did you want to stay? Um, why did you? Why didn't you want it to be known that you had any involvement with creative with the women's division? It was very simple. Like, what would that gain the women's division? So I've been with Ring of Honor seventeen plus years as a ring announcer. Great. If it's out there, Bobby Cruz is booking or co-booking the women's division or doing this in the women's division. Like, what does that gain our team as the women's division? It gains absolutely nothing to me. So I saw no value in um, attaching my name to it in any way. I would not do interviews about it. I would not talk about it with people. Um, I, you know, even talent kind of trained themselves when they would do interviews. They would always just mention Maria. They would not mention me. Um, now, obviously, that's changed in the past couple of months. I have no problem talking about it now, as we know, because uh, it's coming. It, it has ended, basically. Um, and I want to talk about the success of our team. But um, it was a perfect situation that Maria, with the respect she has, the presence she has, you know, her TV expertise, all of this stuff, she could be the front person for the division. But it was actually a shoot as well where she was literally pulling strings behind the scenes as, with me as well. So it was, it was really just a perfect situation. Uh, and and I, I, I've said it before, and I, I don't want to overstate it, but I couldn't have asked for it to go any better, really. Well, and, and you, I mean, this may have been your first time um, helping with the booking in Ring of Honor. I'm not 100% sure about that, but this was not your first time as a booker, right? I mean, on the independence, you, you have had experience booking, right? Yes. Yes. I, I promotion that I started with here in the Massachusetts, in Massachusetts called top row promotions, which has been around like 40 years. That's where I started my ring announcing career. So a couple of years into that, I, I had the, the book there. And then um, I ran my own company for a little bit just to kind of do something different. So, um, and then as far as ring of honor goes, um, when Adam Pierce was, head of creative during his tenure in Ring of Honor. He would call me like his right-hand man. I would handle all of the extras, all of the dark matches, all of that kind of stuff. But certainly nothing to the level of um, the women's division in 2021. Okay. All right, well, we're going to squeeze in our, uh, our break here. We're just getting started. we got plenty more to talk about as far as the women's division and some other things with Maria Canellas-Bennett and Bobby Cruz. Be right back after this. Hey, Honor Nation, check out the new and improved Ring of Honor shop at shophonor.com. Shophonor.com turns ordinary online shopping into a truly immersive experience. Our new mobile-friendly design is enhanced for better navigation and search. The recommended for you feature will showcase products based on your unique preferences or find exactly what you want as you filter any category by your favorite wrestler, size, or color. Go to shophonor.com now. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast with Maria Canellis bennett and Bobby Cruz, the two creative forces behind the very successful relaunched Ring of Honor women's division uh, that we saw relaunched this past year. How did, talk to me about the dynamics, I guess, a little bit of your working relationship as far as this collaboration between the two of you. Um, what were the dynamics of that as far as structuring storylines or talent, how you wanted talent to be booked? How, how did that work between the two of you? 
Well, I would send Bobby this crazy list of stuff. <laughs> and then and then Bobby would be like, okay, we'll talk about it. And then like a you know, a day later or whatever, when I had calmed down on whatever it was, then we would discuss it. Um, but you know, that that happened. But then Bobby also like he came up with fantastic you know, ideas along the way that were like moments that literally um, were our breakout moments of um, whether it be Deanna coming back or the role that um, Chelsea ended up playing in the tournament. Um, he, those were his thoughts. And I would be hesitant on, you know, is that going to be enough or should we do it a different way? And like, through Bobby convincing me, he also made me much better at how to think about, um, you know, television wrestling. So, um, you know, th there was a lot of that. There was a lot of me throwing a thousand ideas and, you know, trying to accomplish everything at once and Bobby reeling me in. Bobby also quit on me a couple of times for a day, which I think is funny, <laughs> but um, he wouldn't really quit. Um, it was just when you have so much passion for things to really um, be successful, you know, that's when things become successful. And uh, yeah, so it was a lot of that. It was a lot of me being mama bear to the girls and like being, you know, that that ear for them to listen because I was backstage while Bobby was out in the ring announcing them. Um, and also Bobby doing all of the details that, you know, I, I would either forget about or just weren't at the, you know, forefront of my mind. So, um, yeah, it was, it, it very fluid. Um, uh, we, we worked together very well, I think. <laughs> well, Maria, you must be a saint to work with Bobby on a, on a close personal level like that. I, I, you must have incredible patience. Uh, keep keep yeah. throwing those shots in, Kevin. I'll see you someday. It's going to be a fight. <laughs> well, I must say, I think, Bobby, the last time I saw you, I think the first two words you said to me were F you. So, uh, except you didn't say F and you. Well, you said you. <laughs> didn't say F. But I guess that's kind uh, of, just so Maria knows, that's sort of the relationship that you've established with me. Yeah. So it's not me yeah. picking you. No, I didn't say you're picking on me, but you're taking shots. But that's no problem. It's all good. All right. Well, I know you. I know you can take it. You can. You can dish yes. it out as well as you can take it. I know you can dish it out because I've. You've dished it out to me. Um, <laughs> I. I have to ask though. I mean, if you want to reveal it or not, I mean, you don't have to. But what was it that made you so um, passionate, Bobby? That you that you were willing to quit over. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't remember those couple of times that Maria mentions. I do, I do remember getting frustrated at a couple of things that we had had conversations about with, say, another company, yes. uh, and we we had we had talked to that company and the talent in that company and had everything worked out, and then a. A week later, every, everything, they backed out of everything and changed everything. And I, I was getting, I got very frustrated with that because uh, I, I just didn't think that made sense. And I, I thought it was going to be a mutually beneficial uh, thing we were doing for both companies, the talents and everything. Um, so that was one. I remember that was over the summer. Specifically, I remember that one. So maybe I said I was done then. But um, never because of Maria or anything like that. Like she said, it's 
very fluid relationship. One of my favorite things I always think back to is how Mike told me uh, when we, you know, the thought of us working together on the women's division, the, you know, around this time last year, you know, Maria went to him and said, what do you think? And Mike told her, you have nothing to worry about. Said, you guys will work great together and so forth. And uh, he was right. And it, it has been so much fun. And I, it took me a little bit to um, understand how Maria's mind works. Meaning when she, and she kind of just alluded to it, when she thinks of things, she has to get them written down. She has to send them to me. Uh, and sometimes it would just come in batches, like a ton of stuff all at once. And I would have to filter through. And like she said, we'd take a day and then we'd get on the phone the next day and kind of go through each one, one by one, or just eliminate a couple or say, we'll do this. But um, it took me a little while to understand that that's how she worked. And there's no problem with that. I mean, you, if you have something, it's like, you know, I've, I've heard the story of Billy Joel wrote New York State of Mind in 30 minutes on a bus while other songs take weeks, you know? So if you have something in your mind, you, that's and that's how your mind operates then get them down or if you're collaborating with someone send it to that person um so once i got just used to that um because the first time it caught me off guard i'm like what the hell is this you know like it was just so much stuff and i'm like it was like i thought we were doing this together but it was all it wasn't that she was trying to do it herself and she was telling me this is what we were doing it was completely the opposite it was actually this is what popped in my head and what do you think? Then let's talk about it. So um, it's, it's been so good. So good. There's a mutual respect. Um, there's been times like, and I've, I've mentioned this before in interviews where she mentioned something like the Chelsea thing or, or Deanna coming back, or, but just ideas that I would throw out, throw at her. And um, if she would question, is that enough? Is, you know, and I'm not saying those were two examples of, is that enough? Cause those are two big moments and we were both on board with those. But, you know, it's kind of like, is this enough? Is this going to make enough of an impact and so forth? And she, every single time, and it didn't happen many times, so we had to have this, but she would say to me, you, you were right. You were right. And that takes, you know, a person, a really good person to say that when you might have a slight disagreement on something uh, and you go that other person's opinion, you go their direction uh, to say you were right after that. You don't have to do that. But she did every single time. Was there, Bobby, you just mentioned um, there was an instance where maybe you were trying to work with another promotion and you thought you had a deal in place and then it fell through. I mean, obviously that's, that's the politics of wrestling. Um, was there an instance of, and Maria, this goes out to you as well. Was there a storyline that you had in mind uh, for the division or for, you know, certain people in the division that you just ran out of time with? And, you know, maybe it was something that was planned for 2022 something maybe you planted seeds for that you were going to build to. Was there anything in the works like that, that unfortunately now isn't going to get to happen? So many. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think the most glaring thing to me, well, there's two. One is the fact that um, Mandy, uh, Mandy has been in this company for a very long time. I would have liked to see seen one more singles run um for her another title shot um at some point i think she deserved it i think that she has been one of the pillars for ring of honor not just on the women's side but on the entire company um i think she deserved that um would have liked to have um some time to you know 
give credit due to um, more people from the women's division past, um, especially Sumi, um, because, you know, we just, we ran out of time. Um, I think that uh, seeing the third match between Miranda and Trish would have been awesome because um, Trish has been on a terror and I feel like there was so much more that we could do with her. And, um, you know, unfortunately we didn't, we didn't get to do that. Um, you know, so there's, there was so many things. Um, you know, I know that Chelsea was gunning for the championship too, and she's everywhere. And I think she's proved that she's, um, you know, she, she's progressed so much with her wrestling in the past year. So it's like, I, it, there's so much. And unfortunately it, it wasn't, you know, just didn't happen, but um, who knows? I mean, these stories, these seeds that were planted, um, you know, they, they have, um, they have legs. They could go somewhere. Well, and I'm glad we had, had, I'm sorry, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Kevin, I was just going to follow up on that. You know, we, in our minds, cause we had talked about this, we had, as far as like the title chase, the title picture, probably the first four or five months written in our minds already as to where we were going. And um, Maria touched on two big, two big points. Uh, we had discussed with certainly Mandy and then um, Trish. Trish has such a great story. And it gets told somewhat, you know, in the um, Quest for Gold pre-tapes that aired. It gets told a little bit more in the Women's Division documentary that will be airing on Ring of Honor TV in a couple weeks. But there's so much more there, and she's so good and such a good person. So her, her story being told uh, more thoroughly and her really focusing in and chasing the uh, Ring of Honor Women's World title was really going to be something that we focused on, at least for the first half of next year. Well, and I was just going to add that, uh, Maria, I'm glad you brought up Mandy Leon because um, you're right. I mean, she, she was deserving – of, of another singles run and being a little bit more, uh, having a little bit more of the focus put on her. That's why I was so happy when she won that, that second uh, triple threat number one contenders match and, and got to have that match against Willow to decide who faced Roxy at, at final battle. I thought that was a, a very deserving moment uh, for Mandy. And the work that she did with Angelina obviously was stellar and the feud with Quinn McKay, I thought it was, it was all really good stuff. And, and uh, yeah, I think Mandy sometimes gets overlooked and um, you know, sometimes when you're teaming with a seven time world champion, like Angelina love uh, that can happen too, but certainly Mandy for all that, all that she's done in this division. Um, and is you know, I, I, again, I'm just glad that, that she did get that opportunity to be in that number one contenders match and that there was a chance for her to do more going forward. But I want to ask you about um, putting the tournament together. Uh, it was announced at 19th anniversary that this was back in March that the tournament would start in the summer. Um, how did you go about, and you've touched on it a little bit, but how did you go about assembling this field of competitors? And give me some idea of, we had to whittle it down to 15 competitors. Um, was there a much larger pool where there's some tough decisions that had to be made as far as who was in, who was out? And what were you looking for specifically when you were putting this field together? Bobby, I'll let you take this one. <laughs> okay. So um, we bring in the women, you know, four at a time, basically. 
uh, to tape Women's Division Wednesday content in the first half of the year. A lot of those were legit tryouts. You know, we had had some recommended to us and we'd look up their matches on YouTube and, and decide, okay, yes, now let's get a, a closer live look at them and see. Uh, you know, and also you want to interact with them. You know, we, we preach team from day one with the women's division. So we, if someone was going to come in and just not want to be part of the team or, or was going to put themselves in front of everyone else in their own minds, then they, they wouldn't be coming back and they wouldn't be around and we'd go in a different direction. There's so much talent out there that if, you know, you have one or two bad eggs, so to speak, that are going to mess up the team, then they're not going to be there. And so um, we, you know, working with them, getting to know them, of course, when we're doing the COVID taping, say in Baltimore, it was like a three-day affair. It was a day of pre-tapes and two days of TV. So we get, you get to know them very well, being with them, you know, eight to 10 hours a day or around them eight to 10 hours a day, seeing how they interact with people and so forth. Um, so some of those were legit tryouts. And I'll tell you one perfect example was Maserati. Maserati was kind of on the fence. You know, she has been wrestling for a few years now. She's getting herself out there. She wrestles out in Vegas. She wrestles for OVW. And now she's good. I just, she just did something in Florida recently. So she's getting herself out there more and more. But the question was, was she ready to be on that? The, the level of ring of honor that we were hoping to have for the tournament, needed to have for the tournament. Because um, just going back to when we had discussions about doing this almost a year ago, um, I had made a comment to the office that we didn't just need to hit a home run with the women's division and the, and the tournament. We needed to hit a grand slam. And um, I think we did that, but we, um, you know, we had to be very careful, uh, not only with wrestling ability, but also personality and so forth. And we wanted to make sure we had a diverse group of women that we brought in. And that was a very big thing. So, there were some women we, we didn't need to bring in. Obviously, Sumi, Mandy, Angelina, and so forth. They, they, there's no tryouts for them. We're familiar with them. They're part of Ring of Honor. They're in the tournament. Nicole Savoy is another one. You know, had been a Ring of Honor in the past. We know how great she is to deal with. We're not going to bring her in for women's division Wednesday tapings as a tryout because we can just put her in the tournament. But some of the other women, they earned their way into the tournament. Again, Maserati, her, her match. With Angelina Love, I think we brought Maserati in in March uh, for Women's Division Wednesday. I texted Angelina that night at the hotel and said, you just helped Maserati get into the tournament because that match was so good um, and she really stuck out. She has a unique look. Um, she's a great kid, great to deal with and so forth. So that wasn't going to be a question. So it was kind of like a whole package of different ways um, that we spotted women, located women, got to know women, and brought them in. Now, Roxy obviously ends up winning the tournament. Uh, she becomes the inaugural champion. She becomes the face of the division. Was she the choice right from the start? Were, were, were you two in agreement? Like, okay, maybe not. I can tell by your laughing that uh, maybe not. So go, go ahead. So I, I don't, I, so I don't want to give too much away. Um, but I will say this, we knew from the very beginning that she would go far, um, met her, thought she was fantastic, had this, like a lot of the same qualities in the ring that Deanna has. Um, so for me, at least I knew she was going far. 
And how did you discover Roxy? I know she came, uh, she trained with Booker. Uh, she's based out in Texas. How did she get on your radar? She was, uh, she was one of the ones that was uh, recommended, correct? Uh, through yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So Gresham she, has, uh, yep. Yeah, she was recommended through Gresham. Mike had worked with her too. And um, I had directed Mike a little bit to kind of be a fly on the wall when he was out at independent shows and just see how certain people were interacting with others, how their matches were when they weren't on such a grand stage. Because as a champion, you're representing the company no matter if you're working at Ring of Honor, working at Impact, working at uh, a show in Texas or wherever. So you're a representation of Ring of Honor no matter where you're at. So um, when Mike was going out and I was like, oh yeah, so-and-so is on that show. Can you just watch the match? Can you just let me know how they are? So um, a little sneaky at times, but I think, you know, when it comes to booking, no matter if it's for, you know, if you're putting a team together for football or putting together a wrestling team, like you do do a lot of that, um, you know, uh, scouting. So, I will say, Kevin, my my view of Rock was um, I had a very high opinion from the very first time I saw her. Never mind at the time she was 19, just turned 20 now. Um, she The way she carries herself, uh, the, the mind she has, she's so smart and she's so well-spoken. Um, and she, again, there had been, and Quinn mentioned it on uh, Final Battle when Deanna crashed. Um, that there have been comparisons of uh, Roxy to Deanna. And Quinn says, I see them. Well, anybody could see them because they're, they're obvious. And, you know, the, their wrestling style, the way they carry themselves and, and, and all of that. Um, thought of her being the champion, if she was going to be the champion, in my mind, she would have been a perfect first champion because of, the wrestler that she is. And I also liked Corey. So in this, this again, nobody could see this coming with Ring of Honor going on, on hiatus. But I, in my mind, and, and Maria and I talked about this, like, you know, Sinclair Broadcast Group having all of these affiliates all over the country, what better way than Roxy on some of these morning shows or morning news sitting down, doing an interview with the women's championship belt at 19, 20 years old and telling her story about taking Greyhound buses at 13 to go train and all of that. And, you know, maybe there's an, another young person and, or a young girl specifically that sees this and hears this story and be like, you know what, I can do something. Maybe it's not a professional wrestler, but I can do something really cool. I can do something different too. And, and not, and not, you know, be looked at down upon because I want to do, do something like that. So um, that, that was another reason I thought just the, the perfect first champion would, would be Roxy. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point that um, beyond her wrestling ability and, and all that, that there were intangibles um, that made her a great choice for champion. And, and I think what you said there makes perfect sense. Having her at 19 years old, you know, that's a story in itself that people are going to pick up on that this wrestling champion is 19 and she's been doing it since she was 13. And, you know, there are pictures of her as a little girl 
uh, waiting to meet AJ Lee outside of the arena. I mean, all that stuff is, is great human interest stuff and only adds to the fact that, yeah, she's also really good in the ring and she carries herself like a professional and all those things. Um, see, I was thinking, and this is, you know, maybe why I had nothing to do with the booking of the women's division, but I, I looked at it as when I saw the field, I immediately said, oh, well, Nicole Savoy's got to win this or maybe Allison Kay or, you know, Angelina, or I was thinking like someone with greater name recognition because Roxy was still kind of an unknown commodity at that point. But obviously Roxy gives Ring of Honor a chance to create a new star. And not that any of those veterans as champion wouldn't have been great too, but this was a chance to create someone new. A lot of our fans, you know, everyone's heard of Nicole Savoy and Allison and Angelina. A lot of them probably had not heard of Roxy. This was their first exposure to her. So was that also part of the thinking to create a new star rather than giving it to an established, someone who's more established? Yes, definitely. Um, new division, new team, um, new look, new, um, new everything. And it's also, um, people like to be invested in the process. They like to be a part of the building and making of a star. And now that's Ring of Honor exclusive. So if, if it was someone else, and heck, it could have been any one of these women that were the 15 women that were a part of this tournament. Um, they were all very talented. They were all um, highly qualified, successful. Some of them had a ton of experience. But um, because it's someone that is only now known for, you know, of course, she had her runs down in Texas. But as far as mainstream, she's only known for Ring of Honor. Right. And she is 100% Ring of Honor. And, um, you know, if she has her match um, with, with Diana, she's representing a company that is on hiatus. And um, I think that's a very good position to be in as an individual. She's making that title as much as that title is making her. So... Um, it's going to be an interesting match, uh, her versus Deanna. I think it's perfect timing. Um, it keeps the ring of honor women's world championship out there. Um, and, and what a great first step outside of the umbrella of ring of honor television to make. Well, and I was going to say that has to be gratifying for both of you, knowing how much blood, sweat and tears you put into this division to see the Ring of Honor World Championship around Roxy's waist and her still being out there and defending it, whether it's on uh, independent shows or working with other promotions, that she's still there. Like that title is still a thing. Like it's not going away. It's, it's very important. It, you know, it's, we kind of, again, <laughs> you can use the term the rug got pulled out from under us, they got pulled out from everybody. And uh, you kind of have to call an audible. And this was in certainly, you know, uh, I think that the news we got was on October 27th about the hiatus. So on October 26th, you know, this was not the plan for, um, for the, the title itself. And uh, certainly moving into 2022, um, but you have, to, you have to move with the times. And and just going back to, you know, the question Maria answered from, from the day one, when we started putting the tournament together, 
uh, we had agreed immediately that the title needed, the winner of the tournament needed to be someone, an outsider, so to speak. Um, and it's through no fault of Angelina or Mandy or Sumi or Savoy or any of those people. But fair or not fair, the Ring of Honor women's division previously, uh, the previous version or versions, did not have the greatest uh, reputation in the fa- eyes, uh, eyes of the fans. And we knew that. And again, maybe it wasn't fair, but that's what we were dealing with. So we had to hit a complete reset button and do it the right way. That's why I said we felt like we had to hit a grand slam with it. And um, so we just thought and thought about tournament with someone who was already, quote unquote, ring of honor. Then the fans would be like, oh, it's the same old stuff. Oh, you know, I'm not watching this. It's the same. It's the same thing. They're not doing anything different. So we knew we had to go in a completely different direction. And and that's really where it came from. I don't want to slight any of the women. I mean, obviously, we don't have time to to go down the roster and and mention everyone. Uh, But there's one in particular, uh, one competitor in particular I want to mention, um, and that's Max the Impaler. Uh, Max, to me, uh, as much as any uh, anyone, has star potential. Max gets a great reaction from the crowd. Um, how did Max get on your radar? Max was another Jonathan Gresham recommendation. He, okay. he recommended the four that we brought in at that first taping in January of uh, 2021. And she was one of them, or they were one of them, excuse me. Uh, and so I, you know, unique look. Uh, they work, you can tell they work so hard on becoming Max the Impaler and such a presence, and even better, I was blown away when I scouted their matches on YouTube after Gresham had recommended them, and I'm like, you know, seeing them in person was even better than what I had seen um, scouting, basically. So I was blown away immediately, and um, just such a force, uh, such smart too, smart. Hasn't been around for a ton of years, but very smart, as to what they are doing, what their character should be doing, should not be doing. Uh, it's just really, really good. And then we just kind of fell into and brainstormed the idea of um, teaming them up with Amy as well. And, you know, that, that has just been like a match made in heaven. It's been so much fun. Yeah, that, that was a Bobby special. Um, he came up to me, he's like, what if with this look on his face, like he was like stealing cookies or something. He was like, what if Amy was with Max? And I was like, Whoa. And the first time they walked out together, we were like, yep, that's it. That's it right there. Um, Yeah. Kevin, we can tell you a quick story on that. So it, it actually came from, it was a a pre-tape day at the dojo where Amy came up to me and said, um, so I'm talking to Hunter and Hunter thinks, you know, maybe I should be managing someone in the women's division. Uh, and it's the first I had heard of it. So, you know, I've always had a great relationship with Hunter and he was, he was free for a minute. And I, I grabbed him and I said, Hey, did you talk to Amy about something managing in the women's division? He said, yeah. He's like, you know, eventually she'll, you know, you would think she'll be wrestling in the women's division. So it, the best way is to kind of transition from a manager into it. And I said, absolutely. And it really, it, just looking around, it popped in my head then. I immediately went to Maria because we run everything by each other. And we did a thing 
at TV the next day where Max had the match and we stopped down. We, we cut, once the match was over, Ian and Caprice pitched out of commentary as if we were going to end that women's division Wednesday match there. And then we kept cameras rolling, sent Amy out. That's when she comes down the stage and towards the ring, just clapping. Uh, and, and they kind of leave together just so we could get a look at it. And if we didn't like it, we wouldn't have to use it. Uh, and so obviously we both loved it. And that's, that was the finished product. You would never know that it was supposed to stop down right after the match, but um, that's, that's how it went. And, uh, it's what a duo. It's been so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, I agree. It's a perfect pairing. And when you think about Max has this mystique, like Max is a character you don't want to talk. Like Max growls. And and like the, the less we hear from Max, the better. So to have a mouthpiece, and Amy was perfect for that role. Um, Amy needed someone to manage at that point. And yeah, they, they look so great uh, together. The contrast of, you know, sort of the beauty and the beast. I know they build themselves as. So yeah, it all worked great. And um, yeah, like well, I, that's I, where we came up, not to cut you off, Kevin, but that's where we came up too. As far as Max themselves not talking, where Amy would do the talking, obviously, in interviews and everything else, but Max shouldn't be doing the code of honor either. Right. So that's where we came up with the idea that Amy would Amy would do the code of honor with Max's opponent herself, and as she was giving the code of honor, she would every time tell the opponent, "I'm sorry." And um, so that became that became a fun little thing too. Yeah, that was a nice touch. That was a nice touch. And you know, obviously the the podcast we do here for the most part it's it's a shoot. We there are certain characters though that we want to protect. You know, it's just like when The Undertaker, and like, he never went to the Hall of Fame ceremony, right? Because for many years, because you, and he never did media interviews for years out of character, um, because that was just one character you wanted to protect. And it was the same way with Max. I would love to have had Max on the podcast, but I thought it just, it's not, it's going to destroy the mystique of the character. And mm -hmm. sure. to have Max yep. come on as a regular out of character person and, and talk about uh, their career and, and all this, like it, it just, it would, it would be very interesting. I think people would love to hear it, but I think it would take away. And so that's well, why to be honest with you. Yeah. To be honest with you, I don't think they would do it. And, and that just goes back to what I was mentioning a few minutes ago about they know Max the Impaler and what Max the Impaler is and it should be and shouldn't be. So I, even if you ask them, I don't think they would do it. Yeah, and that's and that's smart. I mean, that's the, protecting the character is very important. Mm -hmm. um, let me ask you about um, women's division Wednesday. I was a big fan of the women's division Wednesday matches. I thought it was nice to give the women a spotlight, but I really enjoyed Beyond the Bells. Um, whose idea was it to do Beyond the Bells uh, to have sort of a panel discussion? And it was really. Like, if you would have told me ahead of time, all right, this is going to be um, not a shoot. This is going to be a panel talking about um, the matches as if they were true sport and all that. I was like, ah, I don't know. That sounds boring. I don't know if I could listen to that. But the way it was done, the way it was presented, uh, I thought was really good. It was really engaging, entertaining. Uh, who, who wants to take credit for that idea? That was Maria. <laughs> I, I figured it was too good of an idea to be yours, Bobby. For heaven's sakes. Um, I, so I really wanted a way of getting Lufisto involved yeah. and yeah. Alyssa 
So, um, because Bobby had brought up Alyssa before a while ago as um, kind of, you know, as Quinn was moving away from backstage of bringing Alyssa in, but budget wise, it was impossible. So, um, you know, I wanted to continue doing women's division Wednesday, but I also wanted it to be a little bit more than just one match. So this all kind of came together. Um, and what better person than Lufisto to talk about a changing world of women's wrestling than someone that created so many changes, um, who was known for being this intergender wrestler that was able to break down barriers. And um, then Alyssa, who is just so smart, just wealth of knowledge about women's wrestling. So uh, it was just, it was a great pairing. Uh, we had great chemistry right from the get-go. Um, you know, I, I, I've really enjoyed it. We're going to continue it in some form or fashion. I don't know exactly what it's going to be after the new year, but um, Beyond the Bells is continuing. Um, this panel is going to keep moving forward because there is so much women's wrestling to talk about. Um, and as you know, these bigger indies continue to grow in this digital age, um, I like talking about those matches that are out there that are getting so much buzz, whether it's at Beyond Wrestling or Warrior Wrestling or PWG when they have an intergender match every now and again um, or, or down in New Texas. Um, you know, there, there is a lot of great women's wrestling out there. So we're going to continue doing the show. Um, so stay tuned for that, whether it ends up on the Ring of Honor YouTube or a brand new YouTube page. Well, that's great news. That, that really is great news. And, you know, we had Alyssa uh, and Lufisto have both been on the podcast. And I, I really do agree with you about the chemistry that the three of you had. And then when you brought on, um, you know, some of the talent would come in as, as, as guests. Chelsea did a lot of them and others. Um, yeah, I mean, it was so great. It just, I know Lufisto eventually wanted to, you know, when she was on, she talked about it, eventually wanted to wrestle and be part of this vision. I know she had some uh, visa issues or, you know, whatever, but yeah, bringing her in just her name and what she's done in the business helped give credibility um, to the show, to the division. And, and I couldn't agree more uh, with you more about Alyssa. I thought she just came off so well as the host and um, and yeah, it was, it was, I was a big fan of it. Um, let me ask you though about working with other promotions, Bobby, you had mentioned it earlier. Um, and of course, we're doing the thing with Deanna Perrazzo now. Were there more plans in the works to, let's just throw out some names, NWA, uh, AEW, were there opportunities or were there discussions about working together? So we, did, we never had any discussions with AEW. We did have discussions with NWA about something that we thought would be really good and mutually beneficial. I kind of alluded to it earlier. Yeah. Um, and obviously that did not happen. We had, uh, Marie and I had been talking to impact uh, this past spring about Deanna specifically, um, Deanna. So I, I'm a big believer in, you know, when you're booking something, you're writing something, anything, anytime you can have reality in a situation, it just, it just adds to it that much more. And, Deanna has unfinished business in Ring of Honor is it's a shoot. It's completely, she did not leave Ring of Honor under the best terms. 
Um, and she knows that. And she um, had unfinished business that she felt like in, in Ring of Honor. So uh, a year ago, I think I talked to her that I was going to pitch impact on getting her involved, um, whether it was the tournament or something to do with the tournament. Um, and it just, we had a, a call, like I said, in the spring and we thought we had something, we had an agreement, but at that time impact also wanted some of the guys to, to cross over and ring them on. It wasn't interested in that, in that at that time. So that it fell apart then. Um, and then, you know, Hirsch appearing at final battle. I don't know if you want to touch on that, that, that just, uh, that, we didn't work on that one for months. I'll put it that way. <laughs> no, Bobby was like, uh, one night was like, hey, what about this? And I went, yes. And that, that was, it was literally all within a week. And Impact has been fantastic with it. Um, everybody has just been so helpful. Um, and, you know, it, it's been great. I, I can't wait to see what those women are able to accomplish if they have the match. I know Deanna's got one more big match before um, she would be facing Rock. Right. Kevin, it was literally the, uh, the Sunday night before final battle. I was just sitting there watching TV, and I'm like, you know, the big thing in talking and having production meetings about final battle was moments, right? And obviously we saw several moments, not only great wrestling, but also several big moments. Right. And my thought was, you know, the women's division has been so good this year and has been so well received. Then why can't the women's division have a moment as well? And I sat there and I didn't even text Maria first, which I usually do. <laughs> I text Diana and I said, Hey, are you available Saturday? Um, and she had to move some stuff around, but she said, what are you thinking? And, um, because of her unfinished business in ring of honor, she loved it. Uh, ran it by Maria. Maria says yes. And then, so that night I emailed Scott DeMore and I think within 10 minutes, he got back to me and we got the ball rolling. And I think, you know, after a few emails and, um, a, one phone call with impact, I think that Tuesday afternoon, Maria, it was like, yeah. we were, we had, we had it. And, uh, and we knew we had something special and a special moment for the women's division to go along with everything else that was a big part of final battle. And I, I have to say, you know, some of the un, unsung heroes, which I definitely want to talk about before we up, whenever we do. But um, w one specifically I'll mention now is Mark Brown, who is so talented, such a good guy, so easy to deal with, is our director, handles, you know, he, he puts together your podcast, right, Kevin? He, yes, he does. He's so good at so, good at so many things. And um, he, I, I got copied, I think we both did on, on the emails back and forth with Impact, you know, because there's certain releases that need to be signed, music rights, Videotron for Diana, all this stuff. And uh, every step of the way, he was on it, working with them. And, uh, you know, I think I saw him Friday at the hotel the night before final battle. He said, we're, we're good. We have everything we need from Impact. Uh, we're, we're good for Deanna for tomorrow. So, like, it was just uh, some of these unsung heroes, you know, just really, really, uh, no one would ever know, but you can't do do this stuff without them. No question, and no question. And Mark Brown uh, will be listening to this because he produces all these podcasts, so I'm sure he will appreciate you putting him over. So, thank you for that. He, deserve, he deserves it. He, deserves he absolutely it. does. He is an unsung hero. Um, last thing I want to ask both of you and um, – you know, this is very much an open-ended question, but what is the future, as much as you can tell at this point or can say, what does the future hold uh, 
for each of you, not necessarily in terms of the women's division, but just in terms of what the next move is. How far have you thought ahead? Maria. Maria. <laughs> okay, so um, there, there's definitely some big announcements coming up here in the next few weeks. Um, some things are, you know, I can definitely talk about, and that's that the women's documentary about the entire tournament is coming out in January um, through Ring of Honor. It's going to be on Ring of Honor television. It will also be on the YouTube channel. And I'm incredibly proud of it. I'm so excited. Zane is another unsung hero um, that has been putting together all of these video packages for Ring of Honor. Um, for the past year and a half to two years. And um, he's absolutely incredible. He's a genius when it comes to putting these packages together. Um, Brandon is another one that's an unsung hero in all of this. Brandon was Brandon Bishop. He was the person that was there doing all the videography for the documentary. So I could definitely talk about that. Um, you know, it gives you an inside look of how these women are preparing for a tournament such as we had last summer. And not only that, but what led them to professional wrestling? What has made them that they, they're the performer they are today? Um, you know, people like Trish and um, people like Rock and Miranda talking about their stories in a real intimate way. Um, it's the behind the scenes relationship between me and someone like Chelsea. Um, who we've known each other for a long time. I was there when she became the hot mess. And, um, you know, to, to just see that, to see the transition of, um, you know, our relationships and their relationships with each other. Um, documentary is fantastic. Um, we also have, um, I have one other big announcement that I can't reveal right now, um, but look for that in January. And then um, there is going to be a third announcement um, that Bobby and I will have, um, you know, uh, we'll have together at some point. Um, and, but that's about all the information that I'm willing to give on my end. <laughs> so Kevin, so Kevin, the documentary is coming out the weekend of January 15th on ROH TV. And then there's an announcement and maybe another announcement. Yeah, that's so very vague, but smartly vague. I love it. So, so no, there's, there's no hints. There's no hints. Well, she just kind of gave you a little hint when she said that we would have something coming out together. Okay. Right? So we work together yeah. on certain projects and so forth. So, I mean, that's a little hint, I guess. But no, no, no hint beyond that. But I would say it's all, you know, we're in early January right now. I would say this is all going to happen in January. How's that? Okay. Well, hey, there's something to look forward to. Perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, yes. before we wrap up, as I always do, uh, well, first of all, are, is there anything that you wanted to bring up about the women's division or anything um, that we didn't touch on before, before we wrap up? Either one. I do have something, and, and certainly Maria could follow up, but I, I do have something. I, wa I do want to make something clear. Um, with the women's division in 2021. And that is to thank basically everybody in Ring of Honor. Uh, we had creative freedom, basically, for everything we did 
Nobody interfered. Hunter, you know, is our executive producer and head of creative overall, whatever other title he deserves. Uh, never told us, never even really asked us uh, unless he needed to sell something to management as far as bringing someone in and ask what our future plans were. But then again, never touched on trying to change them. Uh, we had so much support. Uh, you've been a supporter of the women's division. The social media department uh, has been awesome. Uh, putting out graphics that we asked for, whether it was the ticket to gold stuff, which was all awesome back, back, uh, back in the spring or, you know, into the, leading into the tournament in the summer. Um, all of that stuff with Kevin and Anisha and uh, Dave Hodgson with the YouTube channel just does awesome stuff. We already mentioned Brownie and, and Zane. Um, and, of course, Gator and Seth at ringside with the cameras. Just, I, 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 I get I, – much as I said, I'm stumbling on words because I, as much as I said, I couldn't have expected it to go this well. I also, in the same vein, couldn't have expected that we would have so little interference with what we were accomplishing. And I think that's because um, it, it did start off well and just continued to snowball and go well. And they said, okay, we're just going to leave them alone, basically, and let them do their thing. And so, um, you know, we, we have had such a great team as far as our talent of women on the roster, but these people behind the scenes, man, they have done so much stuff to help us, um, you know, to make the division what it became in 2021. So I just want to thank all of them. I'll, I'll add a couple names to it as well. Um, Chris Manning, who did all of our um, photography during the week of the tournament, um, who had a, a completely different look on, you know, how we were going to cover things to make it stand out a little bit different. All the photographers that have worked with us since then that, you know, just continue to up their game with fantastic photography. Um, Leslie and Jojo and all of the makeup artists that came in to help create different looks. Um, and all of the women, whether they came in one time or they were with us throughout the entire thing. Whoever it was, we only had a couple things at the very beginning. Um, but since the very beginning, like the women have just came together and um, they're, they're people that I would talk to about my kids as much as I would talk to them about their matches. Um, wonderful human beings. They, they deserve everything in the world. And I think, you know, that's, um, that's one thing that I'm going to take with me moving forward and whatever um, announcements or surprises um, will be that, that team environment. Um, there was something that uh, I am a big Patriots fan. So something Bill Belichick um, said, and um, we're not hoarding talent. We're not collecting talent. We're building a team. And um, I think that's what we really did this last year is we built a team and every single person on that team was valued and was um, a piece of the puzzle that we needed. Um, and, you know, so to all of them, um, just thank you. And to Bobby, of course, thank you. Well, every, we always say thank you, Kevin. We always, Kevin, we always say thank you to each other. So let's <laughs> respect. Well, oh, absolutely. Well, I, I would say this, everyone, uh, the two of you and everyone who was uh, on your team and part of this whole ring of honor team should be proud with what the women's division accomplished this past year. As you pointed out, we were, you know, pretty much starting from scratch uh, past iterations weren't always um, maybe given the time and the attention that they deserved. 
And, um, and it was great to see it happen this time around. And, and again, I think you guys did, did a great job. Your, your whole team did a great job. All right, well, before I let you both go, um, can I get your uh, social media information? We always have to have that where people can follow you. So I am on Twitter at Maria L. Canellis, on Instagram, Maria Canellis. Um, I'm also on Facebook at official Maria Canellis. And I just recently started a brand army page for exclusive content, and that's MariaCanellisWorld.com. I don't even think I have to give anything, Kevin, because I'm like the world's most boring tweeter. <laughs> um, but okay, I guess so. It's real Bobby Cruz, C-R-U-I-S-E. I don't have Instagram. I don't have OnlyFans. I don't have Brand Army. I don't have Patreon. Um, so yeah, really, just my boring Twitter. Okay. No cameo. I don't. You know what? I now that I'm uh, unemployed in wrestling, I may have to do a cameo and start doing some intros for people. That's a good idea, Kevin. That is a good idea. Now, since I gave you that idea, do I get a percentage? No, I have two kids in college. That's not going to work. <laughs> well, I have two that are going to be going to college shortly. So. All right. Well, uh, thank you both for giving me so much of your time today. I really enjoyed speaking with you, Maria, and yes, with you too, Bobby. Uh, as I said, you both should be very proud of, of what you accomplished uh, with the women's division. And you alluded to the women's documentary. That's going to be airing, uh, what is it, Bobby? January, the weekend of January 15th? Yep. Correct. On Ring of Honor television. And it will also be available on YouTube, correct? That's what they say. <laughs> good stuff I, I will say this really quickly yeah we've both seen the finished product so we kind of preview it and suggest any edits or whatever it's it's really 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 great stuff it's uh even i've had i showed it to two people who are not wrestling fans friends of mine because i just wanted their opinion and they were they were moved by it and the stories of the talent and and everything it, it's really really good stuff so i i would uh implore everyone to uh to, to check it out when it comes out well, I'm definitely looking forward to it and also looking forward to whatever surprises, uh, whatever announcements the two of you are going to make uh, coming up this month. So um, definitely some things to look forward to. All right. Well, this is the part where I usually thank everyone for listening and remind you that a new episode drops every Monday, et cetera, et cetera. However, uh, with Ring of Honor taking a break during the first quarter of the year to reimagine the company, the ROH Strong Podcast also will be taking a brief hiatus. Uh, we've done this podcast for 89 consecutive weeks. One week we had two episodes, so that's why we're at episode 90. Uh, so our consecutive week streak is going to be broken, but the ROH Strong Podcast will be back, and uh, we actually have some cool things planned for when we do come back. So keep it locked into ROHwrestling.com and ROH's social media channels, at Ring of Honor. On Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash ring of honor for news regarding the return of the ROH Strong Podcast. So until next time, whenever that may be, this is Kevin X saying stay safe and let's all be ROH Strong.